0: This is Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast. I'm Lyndon and this is our first investment podcast for 2023. So welcome back to our regular listeners and of course a big welcome to any new listeners who may be joining us. Uh, Joining us today to recap the last few months and to chat about what we're expecting over the next month or so is economist and investment manager from our investment team, David Colosimo. David, welcome back. Thanks, Lyndon. Great to be back. David, a lot has happened since we last spoke, it seems. Yeah, sure has, Lyndon. Uh, We may have taken a break, uh, but the market never rests. (laughs) That is true. Uh, David, let's get straight into it. So global share markets were down in December, but sentiment kind of seems to have been a bit more positive since the start of the year.
1: Yeah, that's definitely right, Lyndon. I think looking back at December, It really was just a continuation of all the big themes that we saw during 2022. So bond yields were higher, shares were softer. Um, US shares in particular underperformed, down 6%, uh, and growth stocks, and in particular those mega cap names also underperformed. But uh, a new year has brought renewed hope, and so share markets in both Australia and the US have actually rebounded by more than 6% in January. And share markets in China and Europe have actually been even stronger. Now, in Australia's case, those gains in January were quite broad. But the definite leaders have been those consumer discretionary stocks. So many of the major retailers, including JB Hi-Fi, Super Retail, uh, Accent Group, and even Maya have been guiding to strong sales and profits over the key Christmas sales period, despite all the rate hikes we've had from the RBA. Now, in contrast, in the US, that turnaround's really been led by many of those beaten up mega cap tech stocks. Uh, If you're looking for examples, uh, Amazon and Facebook's parent Meta were up actually more than 20% in January, Uh, and Tesla was up by 40%. Now, if you look at those three companies I just mentioned, they all lost between a half and two-thirds of their value in 2022.
0: So what do you put that more positive mood down to?
1: Well, I think we can point to probably three developments over the past few months. Firstly, what began as a gradual easing of rules in China's COVID-0 approach very quickly became a full-blown reopening. Uh, second, the energy shortages in Europe weren't as bad as many feared after a mild winter. And third, there's been a definite slowdown in the inflation data in the US in the past few months. And this is raising hopes that maybe the US Federal Reserve won't have to keep interest rates as high as they previously uh, indicated. Now, you put all of these together, and there's just this increasing hope that maybe the risk of recession's not quite as bad as we thought.
0: Okay, so let's talk about these a bit more. There seemed to be a turnaround in China very quickly late last year.
1: Yeah. So we had started to see gradual policy changes when we last spoke, but this move to full liberalisation of COVID lockdown did come in quite a rush. Now, there was quite a wave of infections as things opened up, and this caused some initial economic weakness. But now that those infections seem to have peaked, a range of indicators like the number of airline flights, uh, traffic congestion... Box office receipts, all of those sort of indicators suggest activities actually rebounding quite quickly. Now, Chinese authorities haven't been anywhere near as generous uh, with cash handouts as we saw, for example, in Australia and the US. Um, but even so, consumers do have a lot of pent up demand. And so we expect to see a strong rebound in consumption and employment, just as we saw in other parts of the world when lockdowns ended. Now, on top of that, there's been a relaxation of constraints in the property sector. There have been some big cuts to mortgage rates, uh, and there's been a signal that policy is going to be a lot more pro-business this year. So with all of that, it's not really a surprise that Chinese shares have been quite strong in the past few months. Now, if we're looking for a downside... I guess we can point to the experience of other countries uh, when COVID recoveries led to big inflation problems because supply couldn't keep up with demand. So to my mind, a key question is going to be whether inflation surges in China uh, and whether this spreads back to the rest of the world and makes it more difficult uh, for other countries to get inflation under control. Now, if we're looking at Australia in particular, uh, one big change has been that uh, Beijing is ending online study for Chinese students and Australian universities. So we can probably expect a big influx of students coming back here. And that could help ease labour shortages, but it's also going to put upward pressure
0: on rents. So you also mentioned the turnaround in Europe. Are you able to talk a bit more about that?
1: Uh, Yeah. So it was only a few months ago that it looked like there was going to be big industrial shutdowns because of the rationing of gas in Europe. And this was because gas supplies were restricted when Russia invaded Ukraine. But between that and double-digit inflation, it seemed that a recession was all but inevitable. Um, But it now looks like the economy's actually been a bit more resilient. Uh, Demand for gas has been a lot lower due to the mild winter Uh, And since a lot of European exports go to China, Europe's probably also going to benefit from that increase in Chinese demand.
0: And inflation is finally receding in the US. Does that mean that the US can avoid a recession?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Lots of countries had a big spike in inflation last year. Now, of all of them, the US is actually the first to show this definite peak. So inflation has fallen there from more than 9%. To 6.5%. Now, it's definitely turned, but it's still very high, and there's no guarantee it's going to fall back to that 2 to 2.5% range that the Fed would like to see, because the labour market's actually still quite tight, and wages growth is still quite strong. Now, in terms of growth, we've seen individual sectors like housing construction and manufacturing, and now the technology sector are starting to go backwards, and you're seeing falls in employment. But each of those are only a small share of the total economy. So we haven't seen the widespread job losses yet. Now, when it comes to that, it's actually consumer spending that's the bigger share of the economy. So it's pretty significant that consumer spending has fallen the last two months because households look like they've actually run out of a lot of their pent up savings. Now, if that continues, that could be very bad for jobs. So it still seems to me very finely balanced whether the economy will fall into a recession or just muddle through with weaker growth.
0: Well, it sounds like the next few months are going to be very interesting. Yeah, they sure will. (laughs) All right. What do we have to look forward to this month, David? Well, here in Australia, February is a big month for
1: Australian companies to report their six-month results. Now, I mentioned earlier, a big theme in this reporting season is the surprising resilience of Australian retailers despite the RBA rate hikes. Now, a big question is whether management is going to continue to be positive or whether they're going to be more cautious about
0: 2023. And uh, US reporting season is still underway? Yeah,
1: we're, uh, we're about halfway through so far. Um, and in contrast to the really strong share market performance that we've seen, the actual results during reporting season so far have probably been on the disappointing side. Um, earnings for the December quarter are tracking lower over the year um, and analysts continue to downgrade their earnings forecasts.
0: And turning to the central banks, when is the, the next US Federal Reserve meeting?
1: Uh, So the first Fed meeting of this year will actually be released uh, tomorrow morning, Australia time. That's uh, the 2nd of February. So it probably will already have happened by the time most listeners have had a chance to hear this. Now, the US Fed hiked rates by more than 4% in the space of just seven meetings last year. Um, But this year, they're expected to go at a slower pace and probably looking for just a smaller quarter point hike this month. Now, the market's actually already expecting the Fed to reverse course soon and be cutting rates by July of this year. So the key in this decision is for the Fed to actually deliver that smaller hike, but continue to signal to the market that rates actually need to keep going higher. And I have to ask, what about our own RBA? Well, we expect the RBA is going to hike rates by a quarter a point at their meeting on February 7 as well. Now, I mentioned before that US inflation is already slowing, but we just haven't seen that turning point yet in Australia. Um, And inflation recently, in fact, printed at the highest we've seen since 1990. Now, there's been a lot of talk that the RBA might have been thinking about pausing on rates soon, just so they can take some time and assess the impact of all the rate hikes that they've already delivered. Um, But that strong inflation data really makes it harder to do that.
0: Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll catch you next month. Thank you, Lyndon. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, A quick reminder, our Chief Investment Officer, John Pearce, he's going to be sharing his next update video in mid-February. So he'll be giving a broad overview of what's been happening in markets, so do keep an eye out for that on our website. Don't miss out on future episodes of this podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great and create a future worth retiring for. So if you'd like more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs, or objectives. Before you make decisions about your super, we recommend you seek financial advice. Also, consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They're available on our website. The past performance of any investment options we discuss isn't indicative of their future performance, and it's worth noting that by talking about certain companies, we aren't endorsing them for inclusion in your personal portfolio.